All right, uh, welcome to the first and maybe even the last episode of Crosstown Conflict. It's a show for New York baseball fans starring Justin Macias and myself, Jared Farr. I'm going to kick it over to Justin. Start it off. What's going on, guys? Uh, I'm Justin Macias, you know, and uh, me and Jared really decided to do this podcast because we love talking about baseball and, like, what it means to be fans of each team from New York. So... Um, you know, being a Yankee fan, it always meant like, to me, it meant championships, you know, like the great, we always had the best players growing up, you know, growing up in the, the late nineties, like early two thousands, the Yankees always had great players. So, you know, that's kind of what it meant to be a Yankee fan. You always had great guys to cheer on and, you know, I don't know about the Met fans over there, but it, it kind of wasn't always the same. <laughs> no, it, it was, it was never the same. Uh, the Mets fan to be a Mets fan, it means you got thick skin because you're going to take shit from everyone, but you're going to keep pushing through. I think that's what it, what it means to be a true, like New Yorker dude from New Jersey. Cause life's going to no, get you down. Yeah. And, and you, you turn on baseball to make everything go away for a little, but for us, baseball keeps you down too. Yeah, and you just, you just, you just got to learn to take the punches. And I think it, it makes you a stronger person. No, definitely. That's for sure. But, um, Next, I think we're just, you want to, we're just right on to the, uh, the outlooks. No, nah, nah, first, uh, tell me, uh, w- when did you know you were a Yankees fan? Uh, well, I, I, I pretty much had no choice. Like, I from from start, my dad was like, yo, you're going to be a Yankee fan, and you're kind of not going to live here anymore. So <laughs> I was like, yeah, I guess I'm going to be a Yankee fan. I have no choice. But, uh, like, definitely the first time where I fell in love with being a Yankee fan is, like, just going to your first game. You walk in, you smell like the grass, like you just, you see like it was back then it was the old Yankee stadium, you know, you just seen like all the history of it. It really brought you to like, wow, like my dad sat here and watched, you know, Thurman Munson and Reggie Jackson. And now I'm here watching Derek Jeter. And it's just that lineage that you get from like being there at the field for the first time. I'm sick as fuck. My, my first game, my first memory is watching Mo Vaughn strike out. <laughs> But I think for my me, first game no we really was like how I became a Mets fan. How how did you become a Mets Shit, fan? Shit, dude. I I think no no one really knows, but like today, like everyone in my family is sort of a Mets fan now because I just every year for my birthday, the first week of April, like that's I don't want to party, I don't want to go out. Let's just go family to a Mets game, and it turned into a thing every year. But I I don't remember why. I think. The origin story is like me and my brother shared a PlayStation and the Yankees were always the best team in the video game. And he would get first pick player one. He would take the Yankees and then player two stepped in. And, you know, I just took the New York Mets and I just haven't looked back since. And the first game, I think, was 2002, the 40th anniversary. My mom got us Mm -hmm. tickets. We sat all the way in the nosebleeds, watched the Mets beat the Expos 2-0. And I've been a sucker ever since. (laughs) <laughs> that's that's how you fell into it damn yeah. all all from a video game yeah that's Dude. crazy and then i truly learned what it meant to be a mets fan in 2006 realistically on paper it was probably the best team they put together they were so good they were young a young david wright a young jose reyes a prime carlos beltran a prime carlos delgado you guys had it that year man an old man leaving the bump by the name of Tommy Glavin coming over from the Braves. Yeah, that's true. And then at the end of the 2006 season, NLCS, 
Andy makes a catch. We still got a shot, but we lose to the Cardinals at Game 7. My mom looks at me, she's like, hey, you all right? I'm like, it's okay, Mom. We'll be back next year. And then it went on the worst five-year run imaginable. So how did, like, I got to ask, how does 2015 fit in there for you? Like, how how was that to, like, the the soul? It, it hurt. It hurt in the moment, but looking back, it, it was a great run. Because, one, we shouldn't have been there. We didn't belong in the World Series that year. We didn't belong in the playoffs that year. We floated, yeah. floated. We were about two or three games over 500. We had John Mayberry Jr. and Eric Campbell batting three and four in the month of July. And yeah, that was- season was over. But like we were a couple games over 500, and ownership said, fuck it, let's go for it. We got a bunch of young arms. We got Matt Harvey. We got Jacob DeGrom, a rookie Syndergaard, a rookie yeah, Steven like- Matz. And the GOAT yeah. Bartolo Cologne. And they traded for Johannes Cespedes, and the man hit 15 home runs in 30 days, in 30 games, and took us to the playoffs on his back. But when we lost, I wasn't hurt because I, <laughs> at this point, I'm like saying, we're not going to be back. Yeah, so I, yeah. I, I, I enjoyed the ride. Nah, that's good. I can honestly, like, despite the Yankees always being up, I'll never forget 04. 04 hurt like being like living in New Hampshire like that was the thing I grew up a Yankee fan in New Hampshire so living there and then experiencing 03 and the highs of 03 and then losing in 04 like that that was that was the day I think I turned to my dad I was like I think this is how my fan feels <laughs> now nah, you have no idea <laughs> so 04 was it Boston came back 03 3 heartbreaker to a Miami, a, not even a Florida Marlins team that shouldn't have been there. Oh, yeah. Freaking jo- young Josh Beckett uh, traded for Pudge. Dontrell Willis, AJ Burnett. Wasn't M- Miguel Cabrera? A rookie Vicky. A rookie Vicky. Like, it's a home run off Roger Clemens. Like, Jesus. I think hurt. they Derek Bell. Yeah. They, 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 they had a ragtag group of fucking all-time baseball players on that team. and Oh, yeah. Unproven, just there, but you were like three years away from really knowing who the hell they were. Shit, bro, but they made it, and then they took that team apart like that, like Thanos. Oh, like that, like that. It's, it's like what they did in 97. Once they won in 97, that team was gone. <laughs> Dude, holy shit. Oh, what happened? Okay, so when was the last time the Yankees, Yankees won the World Series in 09? I think that that was probably one of the better infields of all time. Oh, yeah. One of the best, like, assembled in Mark Teixeira, Cano in his prime, pre-steroids. Um, yeah, yeah. I, Jeter. <laughs> that was prime steroids. Jeter A-Rod, like, <laughs> that might have been mid-steroid. We, you know, we don't, you never know. The the, the man can't hit. They never, they never, they never do it when, we're, when they're on the Yankees. That's what I'm just convinced about. Yeah, I, neither did Giambi. All right, nah, so you uh, got it from Oakland. Let's see. Yeah, yeah, him with with a uh, Big Mac out there. All right, so we got the <laughs> twenty twenty one season. It's around the corner. It's going to start yep. in April. No, no summer baseball. No sixty game bullshit. How do you think the Yankees are looking realistically? Not not as a Yankee fan. Realistically. Realistically, I I, I mean, you just look at it on paper. If they're if we're healthy, we're the best team in baseball. 
or best team. I wouldn't say in baseball, but the best team in the American League. I mean, you know, like I don't think that there is a team on paper better than us, health-wise. You know, if we, if everybody's staying healthy, you got to think you got Gio Urshela who could easily hit 320, and he's shown it in a full season. He's batting eight. Clint Frazier is a young stud batting nine. Like you know, that's just not even talking about the heart of our order. And I I think out like even looking outside of the like of a Yankee fan, like you can really see this team is it's it, they want it. We want to win this year. Yeah, that, I'll I'll agree with you there. Except one thing, that starting rotation is the most suspect it's been in probably five years, and before that, thirty-five years. Yeah. Because, I mean, honestly, the best way to describe it is Garrett Cole and a bunch of question marks. Yeah. You they, don't know what you're getting. You know, you, you're you relying on some people's past years to be the, what they're having this year. But I think the upside outweighs the questions. You know, if we get upside Corey Kluber, we're getting almost a Cy Young candidate. If we get upside Jamison Tyone, he's a second overall draft pick. If we get upside, you know, Severino when he comes back, that's – that's a Cy Young candidate too, you know? So it's like the upside for the guys that we have pitching, I think was a bold move for Cashman to do. And I think it, if it all works out, he's a genius, but if not, then you just kind of scrap it and run it back in another year. What, what do you, what do you think about a uh, Corey Kluber being this year's Rick Porcello? Just depending on someone's upside after a rough couple of years. But that's the thing. I think, it's a difference because Corey Kluver had a longer stretch of doing it. where Rick Parcella, he'd have one good year and then one kind of like, wow, you really didn't do anything. Where yeah. Corey Kluver was almost considered a top five pitcher less like less than five years ago, like less than three years ago. 2017, he was, you know, winning Cy Youngs. So it's not like he's, he's totally removed from it. He just injuries. But injuries are going to happen to people, and it seems like a lot of the injuries he had was kind of just things that you couldn't, you know, you wish never happened, but you can really prevent. I see that. And the same thing with Tyone, where he, had, you know, he has two Tommy Johns and then testicular cancer. So. Oh wow, New York Mets uh, cancer strong. We got Carlos Carrasco oh, yeah. coming over. Carlos and Carrasco. I th- I think that's. The Lindor trade is the biggest trade I've seen in my lifetime for a mm-hmm. Mets fan. One, we gave up uh, Ahmed Rosario, who's been nothing but a disappointment. Being the number, He was the number one prospect in our farm system at one point. He came up. He gave him the benefit of the doubt. He was rookie. Came up, gave him the benefit of the doubt because he was playing okay, but not up to his potential. And then two years ago, he batted like 280, had a hot glove. And then follow that up a couple years later, just playing like dog shit. So getting rid of him was weight off the shoulders because you feel like you want this guy to be good so bad, but you're just blinded because you're wearing rose-colored goggles when you see him. And but we got also who did we get rid of? We got rid of uh, Jimenez. He mm-hmm. came up, he got hot, but it was also a sixty-game season for a rookie ball player. Like I, I don't know if that meant anything, but. We, we, we got Francisco Lindor for both of them. And then the juiciest juice of the pot, Carlos Carrasco to come along with him. And he's I think he's automatically number two over Stroman, who, hot take, I think is the most overrated pitcher in the world. 
I hate to say it because he's my guy. I'm happy he's on the roster this year. But last year, him uh, bailing out of the season, opting out of the season because of health concerns, and then you just see him on a boat with 20 people a couple weeks later, that pissed me that off. <laughs> Doing yeah. family vacations and worried about COVID. Bullshit. If he's there, we win at least three more games and sneak mm-hmm. into the playoffs. Oh, no, definitely. I'll, I'll actually, I'll actually agree with you on that hot take. Totally agree with you. She, she had one phenomenal half of baseball with the Blue Jays. Had a great World Baseball Classic, phenomenal mm-hmm. World Baseball Classic, and then he he's been a good pitcher ever since. Yeah, I don't think he's on thirty teams. Maybe you send him to maybe the Orioles. He's a number one. Yeah, easily. I mean, that's why that's why the Yankees didn't trade for him. Cashman said, like, he would be a bullpen piece at yeah. best. Yeah, it's that, 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 that's crazy talking shit. But the Yankees, the Yankees would love to have him this year. That's one thing Maybe. for sure. He'd, Maybe. Be, he'd be a juicy number three for the Yankees. Maybe. But right now he's going to be number three. He's going to bump down to number four when Syndergaard comes back. Yeah. I think he overtook Syndergaard for the most overrated pitcher in my book. But like, I, I think it's just because I watch him every five days and I'm disappointed half the time. But when you look back at his numbers, he has great fucking numbers. He had one bad year. Realistically, he's just he's, he's just injury prone. Syndergaard. Oh, and that jerk off telling people he doesn't need to go see a doctor. What does he break his fucking ribs or something? Get the fuck, motherfucker. All right. All right. But outlook for the Mets this year it's different with new ownership. We got our old GM back, Sandy Olsen, who put that young 2006 team together. He put together that 2015 team. He made that trade for Yesespedes. He knows what he's doing. Baseball people like him. And we're not going to fucking sign Todd Frazier for a third time. <laughs> you, you can't, you, don't, don't, don't put it out of realm, man. I would love to have a beer with a Todd father. I don't want oh, to play in third base and batting 198 for my team in the fourth spot because that's where Brody Van Wagenen thinks he should be. Cano batting three, Frazier batting four. What bullshit was that? Oh, one other thing. How do you, how do you feel about uh, GMs calling games nowadays instead of letting the manager put together lineups and position players? I mean, that's, that's, that's difficult because – there are some times where you, you see it works like a man, like where a GM kind of does construct the team to where it's like, if you don't let the lineup work this way, it's not going to work. So I can see where the conflict comes, but I definitely think it has to be like more of a back and forth. Like the managers I think do, but that's also the thing. I think managers don't have that urgency nowadays where it's like, I can make in-game decisions and they are like, they want to make them so much that they almost outplay themselves. And it's like, yeah, the the GS making team is a good thing. Like say the Rays. The Rays are the Ray the Rays built on the Rays. computer programming. They put together a lineup, they got there, but because of analytics, they took out Snell in that game. Yeah. Anyone watching the game, anyone who knows anything about baseball knows he, he stays in that game. That's just your be- that's your best pitcher. He's your like you you bred this kid. And he's pitching for you in the World Series, and you're going to take him out after six when he was looking dominant. You, you don't do that. But like, like you can't take, take into account the rush of being in the World Series, 
wanting the ball in your hand, having the weight of the shoulder on your back. Some guys can handle it. I think he's one of those guys, and you tuck him out. The next yeah. guy gets fucking rocked. And that that's that's where I think we're like I've like I've always thought and it said like that analytic stuff it's gonna win you the regular season. It do, it doesn't mean anything in the playoffs. No, it doesn't mean anything no. That's where I think you know the manager's gotta have that feel of the game, flow of the game, like what you know who's on today, who's not, who has it, who doesn't. You know what analytics analytics are fantastic for a hundred sixty two season game because with analytics. Every now and then you're going to come across play, uh, teams, four and five pitchers, where you know you can hit them. When you're in the playoffs, you're seeing their one, two, three every single day. You're sitting the best of the best every day, and you got to just be able to manage by gut, play by gut. Number crunching isn't going to help you when you're playing the very best. Oh, yeah. And it's like like one of, one of the biggest examples of that would be, like I, I always think about 2013 when the Yankees were in the playoffs, and – or no, it was 2012, and they sat. We literally sat a rod for, and then they pinched hit a rod in the ninth, down a run for Raul Ibanez. And I know the stats would not have said to take a rod out of that game, but then you look, and then it, Raul Ibanez hits two clutch back to back home runs. And it's like, okay, word that worked. Raul Ibanez is one of those guys I wanted to like, but he was great with the Phillies and he was great with the Yankees, so I just couldn't. He's a, he's a 37-year-old okay. playing corner outfield, big dipper in his mouth, just fucking chomping. Oh. Yeah, you want to root for that guy. Cause, what's up? I said his dip was almost the size of his head. He, he had like a, a little little rock in his mouth. <laughs> Man, oh, God, his dentist must love him. Oh, yeah. But, him and Cece. Just one more thing about like gut going back to that 2015 World Series. We win that World Series if the if Terry Collins just talks to Matt Harvey and sets him down instead of instead of sending over the pitching coach. Mm-hmm. If you sit him down, it doesn't mess with his or or you just don't talk to him because you they they messed with his head. They got mm-hmm. him thinking in the clubhouse. He got he's out of his zone. He gets out there, boom walk, boom double. Familia comes in and blows the third game in a World Series. And then Brody Van Wagenen signs him for a three-year fucking contract. <laughs> How do you give a closer who blew three World Series games, three, count them, three World Series games, and you give him a three-year contract, and he's still on the fucking roster today because no one wants him? Nobody wants him, man. What no. a joke. All right. Honestly, Brody Van Wagenen might have to be one of the worst things that Terrible. happened That's Worst thing, worst thing that happened to his former client Jacob Degrom. Now that you're seeing it, great contract for the Mets. Phenomenal contract for the Mets. One of the best things to happen. The best pitcher in baseball makes less money than fucking a bunch of guys who do not throw cheese like him. Yeah. No, absolutely. Whatever. Fucking oh, Jed Lowry. Signed Jed Lowry. Signed Dylan Batances. <laughs> the only thing he did well was trade for just Dingers Davis, J.D. Davis. J.D. Davis, yeah. That that was a good move. Has a shit glove, but that man's got fast hands, and I love it. Trade away Jared Kalenic. <sighs> and when Diaz, fuck it. The one thing about Mets Twitter is split 50-50 about that man. 
some people are like, oh, he's he's got the best numbers. And all I see is a fucking 45% blown saves. Are you kidding me? All I see is a fastball going right over the, right over his head and into the seats. That's all I see. Terrible. A, a dead fastball going right over his head. When he's on, he's on, but mm-hmm. it's, when only, he doesn't it's have only half it. the time. Yeah, when he doesn't have it, it's painful to watch. Because that fastball, is, it doesn't have any life to it. It's It just stays right on that plane. So if literally hitters could size up 98. It's not hard nowadays. No, no, because everyone's throwing it. It's nothing special yeah. anymore. It, it's crazy to say it's nothing special anymore. Yeah. And I'm like, gonna, unless, go. unless you're touching three digits, like. No, it's it, it's it's the norm now. But yeah. I don't know if it was last year or 2019. I think the Mets were up by five runs. And Edwin Diaz was through going through one of his spells. Like, all right, just let him go and get him some work. There's five runs. We got that. There's no way he could blow this. Boom, 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 boom. He loses the game. It's just, just shit like that. It's, it's unforgivable. Especially when he missed the playoffs by two games. Motherfucker. <laughs> so, all right. Uh, and anything else you want to bring in? Like, uh, is there any uh, players to watch for you? Uh, I'd say definitely players to watch. You know, Jameson Tyone. I really think that, that you know, he's so young. had so much talent. Just ran into some Tommy John issues, but just hearing like how he's developed, how he's getting back, you know, he said he feels a hundred percent. He had almost all of last year off still a young arm. I think he could really do it. And I think, you know, if, if down the stretch, he's, he's going to be our number two. I really, I really do believe that. And then, you know, also my man, Gary Sanchez, you know, watch, watch out for him this year because Gary is scary when that bat is on, man. Oh, goodness gracious. You think Clint Frazier is gonna be the everyday outfielder? I think yeah, definitely. No, definitely he's gonna. You know, Brett Gardner. I think is just there for the fourth because every he's so many injuries in that outfield. So he's gonna. You know, Brett Gardner is gonna get his playing time, but so is Clint. You know, as long as he just stays healthy and stays on the field, Clint Clint's gonna get his, his time. I I think Tor is like August September. Brett Gardner is gonna kind of transition into like a player's coach. He's going to be a guy in the clubhouse just because the guys like him. They want him around. He's a serviceable baseball player still, but I, I think he's lost a little bit of a step. The juice balls help Brett Gardner more than they help Pete Alonzo. I mean, Brett Gardner should not be hitting 26 home runs <laughs> at all. Brett Gardner should, be not do, should not be doing that at all, man. The man was the definition of power for a couple of months. <laughs> yeah, just hitting that short porch every time. Sure. Did not miss. Oh man, it's a great thing when things work out for you, isn't it? Oh, but yeah. some players that I've, I'm going to keep my eye on, I was going to say J.D. Davis, but Luis Guillorme, he's been the utility guy for the past few years, and he's playing a hot third base in spring training right now. He's getting hits. Last year was his coming out party, but there, there were so many people. I think he's going to be hurt most by the D.H. more than Dom Smith. Because he's just not going to get his at bats. Because unless unless he just outplays JD Davis and takes that spot. And for relief pitchers, honestly, I knew I was a little bit older, and I didn't really know people outside of the NL East much because I had no idea who Trevor May was until they got him. He's nice. He's really good, man. One, he's a big boy. Got a power fastball, and he makes memes on the internet. He he's. He's a, I don't want to say better, 
but he's a less troll version of Trevor Bauer because he's just out here playing video games, playing baseball, not starting any controversy. He's just getting it done, and he's a fucking big dude, bro. I want to I want to see a Yankees Mets brawl. You got Judge, you got Stan, we got Batances, we got May. There's some there's some big boys on these teams. Boy, Jesus, oh, that that would be a wild brawl. That'd be great. I would love to see that. Just just one brawl. How, how many times did they play this year? Six or is it eight? I think six. Okay. Right. It's been a good time. And let's see. One more player I want to keep my eye out on for is just Jacob deGrom because he's going to – I'm going to say it, my hot take, he's going to win 14 games this year. Uh, only 14? Think about how disrespectful that is to the man. But I think that's the highest he over under set. And I mean, I get it though because that man gets no run support. What 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 did he have? I think he had ten wins with a one eight nine ERA. <laughs> he went ten and eight, ten and nine. Yeah, something like that. Oh my god! Crazy. His worst season, I, th- I think it was like he had like a three five or three nine, and he got a fifteen win season. But the Mets came in fourth place, so it doesn't matter. The Mets are wasting that man's career, and they that's are. that's the best outlook I have with new ownership. They're going to try to protect this guy. They got Lindor. I think they're going to extend Lindor. They're going to extend Michael Conforto, who's low-key. Low-key. Like, I don't care if you want to give him 25, but he's a top 25 baseball player. He's a top 25 baseball player. Like, you might, even if you have him at 25, he's there. Mm, I don't know, man. Right, we'll, we'll, we'll save that for a later episode. Okay, well, yeah, we, we, we got to dissect that a little bit more. but uh... Bro, he's up there. When that man is on... When I, I get it when he's on, he's on, but I just he's so inconsistent. But the, the the they messed him up. The Mets messed him up because when he was young, they only uh pitched him against righty pitchers. They would have him in a platoon swap. He wouldn't play against lefties, so he couldn't hit against them. The last last two years, he he's probably been the Mets best player. I can see that. All right. Uh anything else you got looking forward to the season? Uh, that's pretty much it. I mean, just looking forward to what this pitching staff could do. I re- like, I'm really excited to see Debbie. I want to see that young man, you know, really take a, his, like that next step this year and really hopefully take over that three or four spot. Uh, okay. Do you think, uh, do you think Domingo Herman's going to win the Chris Brown award this year? I can see it. <laughs> he's pitched, he's pitched, he's pitched really good this year, man. Like, I don't know. Like, but that's I can see why the Yankees have you don't give up on a talent like that because he's gonna you know, go four and zero and everyone's gonna forget that he just he has the hands. Yeah, everybody, it's, everybody forgot. It's like that meme. You ever see a uh, Chris Brown messes up all year just to dance his way back into our hearts at the BET Awards? <laughs> yeah, like Domingo Herman messed up all twenty nineteen, all twenty twenty. Was stupid on social media, but what if he if he's striking out like 10, 10 batters a game? It's not gonna matter. Know. No, it's gonna matter. It's it's gonna it's it's gonna be just be salty Mets and Red Sox trolls on Twitter, like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, That's not the only thing he's beating. (laughs) All right. He's gonna be like, that's not the only thing he is. Like, okay, (laughs) you got that. All right. So, going on throughout the show, hopefully at episode two and every episode behind that, we're gonna try to do some segments. We're gonna have uh, the goat of the week. There's so many goats this year, and we're gonna give we're gonna have a new goat every week, one of each of us. Justin, who's your goat of the week? 
Um, my goat of the week is definitely going to go to Gary Sanchez. That man has just been eating it up in uh, in spring training. I think he's got like three home runs out of six hits. Like he is, he's he's been looking great. So that is that's you know cracking. That's my that's my go to. Hey. Okay. All right. My go to the week, who's been go to the week for the Mets for the past two years. I'm gonna give it to Jake Degrom. In his in his past two spring training starts, what was it? I think he had five innings, twelve strikeouts, two hits, one walk, zero earned runs, and I made up half those stats. But just look them up; they're they're pretty close. <laughs> it's pretty close. They're probably around there somewhere. The strikeouts are right, and no earned runs. That's all I know. And that's that, all- that, that, that's that's what you do to prospects trying to make a name for themselves you sit them down and that's yeah. what jake with doing mm-hmm. all right so really who, who, who's the dominant one yeah then they're lining him up to for his uh i think it's his third straight opening day which is also disrespectful it should be about six that's true i don't know but they gave the Syndergaard twice it's Syndergaard, it was just a juicy title they were trying to put me in the seats yeah it's, it's thor you know yeah but and then one year that harvey and one year that jonathan niece instead of him but, I really, I, I would have swore you had Bartolo Colon as one of those years. Yes, yes, I think Cologne, Cologne actually might have started twenty fifteen. I believe that he was probably your best pitcher at that time. Yeah, I think Harvey didn't start the season, but him, Degrom, Syndergaard, all these guys came to life for one year, and then only Degrom survived. All right, one more segment. Just uh, take a minute to tell me who's trash. Who's trash? I'm you're, gonna go with your trash of the week. My my trash of the week. I'm gonna go with somebody that I think you might also agree with. It's outside of you know Yankees Mets. Uh, Trevor Bauer. Yeah. Okay. Like, trash of the week. Trying to pitch with one eye closed, and then this dude hits somebody. Like, bro, I'd be I'd be so sick if I'm if I'm like trying to get my work in, and the pitcher's throwing one eye and he hits me. I'm gonna be like, bro, like. You get, get your life together, bro. Like, yeah, bro. please. I'm trying to make a roster out here. You're throwing a ball yeah, like, me with I'm one I'm trying time. to do something. You out here playing games. Like, come on, man. <laughs> All right. That's Trevor Bauer. You're yeah, trash. Trash. You're trash. Trash, son. All right. I'm going to give uh, mine to trash of the year. I'm, I'm sorry, but I'm going to give it to Mr. Brody Van Wagnon. Wow. You're back-to-back trash of the year on Jared Farah's list. You got rid of Kalenic. The man's hitting bombs, and he's and the the Mariners are pissing him off too. He's not on their opening day roster, so they yeah. control him for another year. They're, They're scumming my man out. Fucking him up. But you sign, you trade for a, at the time thirty eight year old Robinson Cano who has five years left on a hundred and fifty million dollars Oto. You bring in Edwin Diaz. The man can't strike me out. <laughs> the man can't save a game. He could get strikeouts. He'll strike two out and then give up three runs and then ground out someone and then just do his little fucking thing. Piece of shit. And I could just keep going, keep going. You signed Jed Lowry. Outside of J.D. Davis, you did nothing right. Calling bullshit shame. you fucking throwing chairs in locker rooms. You're trading for Marcus Stroman when we're a game under 500. You're, you're... Brody Van face. Wagnon, you're fucking trash. And I hope you see this. Yeah, agent piece of shit. You did trade for Todd Frazier, too. <laughs> he got Todd Frazier twice. <laughs> he, he only got him once. He only got him once, but he's fucking no, he trash. Signed he signed him and then and then traded for him when you guys were still under 500. 
Oh, you know, we need a glove, bro. We got some fucking kids who need to see playing time in a lost season. You're getting Todd Frazier? Fuck him. All right. Yeah, Luis Guillermo for two more years. Oh, my God. I don't even Could have been a stud by now. Could have been. He could have been. Could have been a stud by now. Oh, you know what? I don't even want to talk about it. You, you have any closing remarks for this week's episode? This is our first episode ever. Just bear with us. We're going to get better. We're going to get hotter takes. And when April comes around, we're going to be talking hella shit. Oh, yeah. Once once the season gets going, there's there's no holding – especially me. Like, there's no holding back. Like, we're full, full tilt. Yeah, you know, I know. I'm going to – I'm going to be sick to my stomach if the Yankees start off hot because I'm going to have to hear it once a week. <laughs> and I'm just going to have to deal with it. Once a week, it's going to be like All daily. Right. Daily? Oh, my God. All right, yeah, good. Well, we're we're going to start putting out content. going to yeah. put out a YouTube page. I already made it. Look us up, Crosstown Conflict on YouTube. Uh, we have at Jared Farah on Twitter. Uh, at Macias underscore Justin 33. All right, you can find us. We're going to be posting, and hopefully we get hot. Some people notice us. I don't know, maybe we sell out. Maybe we make a million dollars. Maybe we end our friendship. I don't know, but it all starts here. This could be the end of our friendship. Well, you know, we'll, wow. We'll... Imagine one of us sells out and fucks the other over. I, I hope it's me who sells you out. I'm sick. I can see it. I'm just do some dirty business behind the scenes. Yeah, right. Like you know what? He's just a Yankee fan too. Like we don't need him. We don't need him. We could find another Yankee fan. It's fine. There's there's so many of them. Fuckers. All right. (laughs) That was the first episode of Crosstown Conflict. He's Justin Macias. I'm Jared Farah, and we'll see you next week. Great talk with you guys.